Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This edition of How to Be a CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. Bonjour, je suis John Weeks et vous écoutez How to Be a CEO avec Anna Shepka. Okay, that's about the extent of my foreign language abilities, all thanks to my GCSE French teacher. But if you're going to learn a language these days, the chances are you'll reach for an app. The real downside of the classic model is that you only see your student like, what, once a week, twice a week maybe? So the frequency is actually missing. And that's the one thing that the, the apps have been fantastic at, is to create this daily habit of you know, 15, 20 minutes a day. That's really all that we, we, we need to invest as human beings. Arna Shepka is CEO of Babbel, the language learning app that's been around since 2007 and is still looking for new ways to make the process of turning your hello into bonjour, hola, or konnichiwa even simpler. The language learning problem can still be you're solved better. We're continuously trying to, to revolutionize the way digital language learning works. I'm John Weeks from the Evening Standard, and this is How to Be a CEO. Arna Shepka became CEO of Babbel back in 2015, having spent his time between his career and traveling the world. He's been at Babbel now for more than seven years. So what about this job has kept him from jetting off on his travels once more? I think it comes down to one thing, and that's the purpose of the company and the value that the company brings to its learners every single day. I really have never had to explain that to anyone since moving to, to Babel and to the language learning space. Why do you do what you do, Arno? Never a question. That is more of a question when you're in, in retail or when you're selling baby diapers. All of those are very needed, but the, the purpose, I think, is just glaringly clear when you're in language learning. The language learning problem can still be... You'll solve better. We're continuously trying to, to revolutionize the way digital language learning works. Um, we're, we're currently paving a path to, to becoming a, a true ecosystem of, of learning methods. So moving you from the safe space that the self-study um, safe space that in, inside of our app where you can learn on your own time in a non-judged space. And we, we just added uh, live tutoring to that. And you know, all of a sudden you have a you need to produce speech on the go. It's a conversation-only format. And so it's a great complement in terms of learning method. We introduced podcasts, which is an audio-only passive learning mode that you can take on the go. So we're surrounding our learners with different stimuli, learning stimuli. And I think it goes back to the blended learning theory that's proven successful and proven superior to any, any other. Our learners actually do that already 
themselves trying to stitch together our, our app and a YouTube video and a, and a YouTube tutorial and a few friends they might have who speak the, the language. And we can, we can bring it together and use technology to, to make it easier. So the purpose and the, the potential that, that technology has to improve the language learning experience significantly still, still today. Also realizing how truly important that is in the world. It's easy to understand, oh yeah, I get the value of language learning, but to understand the societal value of it and to understand how heartbreaking situations like you know the Ukrainian war or refugee movements over the, the last couple of months where we decided to, to build a free Ukrainian and to German to English to Polish product um, and offer that free all refugees. You actually understand not just how purpose-driven your organization is, but also how powerful that is. And you talk about all the different facets offered by Babbel to help people learn with podcasts and videos. But in the grand scheme of things, it is a relatively new thing to learn languages through an app virtually. Do you think it will eventually take over learning in person? I think over time, the classic in-classroom, physical in-classroom experience will go away. And I know that's a relatively bold statement to make, but over time it will be replaced with digital and, and virtual formats, which is also why we we have now added live tutoring, which is a virtual version of the classroom, right? This is group classes, five students, one teacher um, type of setup. We can take that inside of the app experience and get a, a truly blended model going because the, the real downside of the classic model is that you only see your student like what, once a week, twice a week, maybe. So the frequency is actually missing. And that's the one thing that the, the apps have been fantastic at is to create this daily habit of you know, 15, 20 minutes a day. That's really all that we, we, we need to invest as human beings. Um, and you bring those two together and you get into a truly powerful learning mode. So the pure you know, self-study app space has its downsides and the pure um, classic in-classroom um, setup has its downsides. And bringing those two together will be truly powerful. And hence, I do think the classic model will go away, yes. And we know Babbel isn't the only language app out there. A few of them have sort of popped up over the last 10 years or so. What is that competition like? Um, I, I think there's the, I, I, I split it into good competition and bad competition. And so any, anyone who does a good job at, at uh, providing language learning services that actually work, that actually, actually get you to, your, to your, fin your own finish line, your own uh, learning goal, I think are, are formidable and you know, help help build a market because it helps build our confidence in ourselves that we can learn language. What is very particular about the language learning space is that none of us think we're great at it as human beings. Like very, very few people have a very high self-efficacy when it comes to, to language learning. And so the last thing we need is someone to tell us, I've got the solution for you, I have your back. And then two months in, you realize you haven't learned anything. That doesn't just make you waste two months of your time. It also breaks the back of any self-efficacy or any self-confidence in your ability to, to learn. Um, so that, that's my main, uh, main uh, differentiation. Then I think everyone else hopefully does a good job at it. We don't see anyone out there really trying to do the same thing that we're, we're doing, um, so providing a digital blended learning form, an ecosystem that covers more language learning methods and bringing it together digitally and with technology. So merging the AI power that we, we see, you know, we, we, we use the data that's generated on platform um, to make better recommendations to, to provide you with, with more individualized learn paths and match that with the proven successful academic concepts of, you know, which type of learning content actually works for, for learning. Um, what do you need to learn when? Um, that, 
that has been around for I don't know 100 years, and the most recent you know theories are 30 years old. Um, so it's not, we're not reinventing the wheel on the didactics or linguistic side, but we're bringing that together with technology, and I think that's pretty pretty special. And we don't see anyone out there doing that. So really trying to make sure that all of us who want to learn the language are able to learn the language. And over the last two or three years, there's been a real rise in the prevalence of AI, artificial intelligence. Is that something that you use at all? Are you looking at using that tech in the future? Yeah, I have a uh, I have a torn relationship when it comes to the word AI. I think it's uh, vastly overrated and overused. And the, the reason for that is companies get valued higher if they put AI on something, whether it's meaningful or not. To me, it's it's a potential solution to a problem. And you know, sometimes the there's a human solution that's just faster, smarter, and and better for learners. And sometimes there's an AI solution that's just vastly superior. So we we make very conscious choices where to use AI and, and machine learning algorithms and, and where not to do that. It really cuts across the 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 whole customer journey from when is which learning method right for you? When do you need to review which concept that you've learned before? When are you open to to learning? And we can we can when when is it valuable to rethink your subscription? I mean, there's there's many steps along the way where the AI is smarter than than any human being. What we don't do is we don't use AI to generate content, for example, because we hold the 50 minutes that you invest a day very, very dear and, and, and keep that holy and, and maximize the learning outcome um, that you get out of those uh, 15 minutes. And any machine translation, no matter how good it is, will always have its, its flaws. It doesn't quite fit with all the other content out there. So we make sure that that's expert generated. It's made by linguistics experts who know how to, how to teach. And we choose the human route there. And we bring that together with how it's then surface to use. And then that's where we use the AI. Let's go to the ads now in part two. Why beanbags and ping pong tables aren't all you need to build a successful work culture. You can put on sneakers and you know get rid of the tie. You can you can put beanbags everywhere in the office and still have a very hierarchical company culture. You're never gonna be on a hip. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So talking about Babbel itself as a company, being founded in 2007, it is still a relatively young and new company. Is it like a modern company these days? Do you have the beanbags and the ping pong tables, for example? Yeah, we, we actually do try to keep the best of being a, you know, a small, small company, being a, a relatively fresh company, and at the same time also enjoy the benefits of being already a relatively large and successful company. We're in the three-digit millions of, of revenue. Our team is more than 750 people large, and we're 15 years old, so we're probably not the stereotypical startup. I've heard us be called different things from scale-up to grown-up to... The pimple face teenager, um, although those are, have probably some, some truth and, and ring to them. I think what's important is that we, we mature in places where maturity actually helps, helps our learners, helps us be, be more, more efficient and keep the curiosity, agility and the risk taking alive that younger companies find, uh, find, find simpler. That's really what I, what I care most about. Do we have beanbags? Yes, we do. Do we have ping pong tables and you know, foosball tables? Yes, we do. But it's really about how you collaborate and the type of decisions you take and, and how, the, how the company culture evolves. And a lot of new companies and even some older ones these days are thinking a lot more about their work environment and work culture. One of the challenges for every workplace, of course, has been the transition to hybrid working. How have you found managing that? Yeah, and, and just to, to, to get back to your point about traditional companies trying to become young and cool and hip, you can put on sneakers and you know, get rid of the tie. You can, you can put beanbags everywhere in the office and still have a very hierarchical company culture. You're never going to be young and hip, right? Um, so I, I think that's what, what I was trying to say. With It's really about the culture and the, the way of working rather than the externalities of what makes a startup a startup or a young company a young company. Hybrid working, I think we, we went through the exact same waves that everyone else goes through. At the beginning of the pandemic, we were very concerned for the health of our employees. We were busy you know, moving a luckily digital business uh, fully, fully remote. Um, I, I do think we had it a lot easier than, than everyone else because we don't have physical goods, no production, no, no logistics, no warehousing, no shops, etc., but you know, we still had to go through through everything. We were we were well prepped. Um, we were also we used a couple of early um, markets as as testing grounds. So we had a playbook by the time the the first wave of lockdowns hit that we then replicated and then quickly realized that um, there's actually it actually works and that it actually works quite well and, and that there's benefits to the productivity, the efficiency, the you know the the speed of a of a remote setup. And I think we, we all had that rosy, red-eyed phase of, oh, this is quite cool. And you, you get very creative with the team uh, building formats. We had teams show each other their, their apartments every week, like a MTV crib-style format. And then I think about a year in, we started seeing that, uh, or half, half a year to a year in, we started seeing that it gets pretty lonely. Uh, as human beings, we're actually social beings. And that even you know, in a work context, we, we, we lack the, the informal networks, the um, informal interactions and the, the the social social support system that we all need, and we we started investing into mental health. We started investing a lot more into into team activities and, and tried to allow for light touch in person formats, especially over the the summer periods. And now we're we're still in a I would say hybrid mode between 
in office and remote. We give a lot of uh, flexibility to our teams to find the right collaboration mode. And we see that play out very differently. So rather than saying it's three days a week for everyone and it's going to be Monday and Tuesday for you and you know, Wednesday and uh, Friday for you, we actually said every team can, can choose the, the right model for themselves and you get different models, right? For an agile tech team, it actually makes sense to have a rolling two-week cycle of ways of working and, and hybrid setup that fits to the, to the sprint rhythm, right? Which is a, a repeating rhythm. For you know, a finance team, it might make more sense to have a monthly um, cycle because it you know, works with the financial closing cycles. So we actually found that keeping that flexibility and catering to the team's needs works a lot better than trying to find a one-size-fits-all solution that works across the whole company. And does that tie in with what you were talking about earlier around focusing on the culture, not necessarily the superficial things in the office, but the culture itself? I mean, how have you tried to create a culture that works for everyone? So that it works for everyone, I'm, I'm not sure that's, that's the right approach. It needs to work for those who, who choose to be at Babel and it needs to work for what Babel is trying to achieve, right? Um, it's, not a, it's not a country where you're born into the country and we need to you know, find something that works for everyone living in the, in the country. Um, you, you choose to work here, the company chooses to, um, to, to hire you. So um, I, I don't think it's a... It's an everyone solution, um, but it's a very, very pinpointed one that that depends on your business model and on what you're trying to achieve. We're, we're innovation dependent, right? We're, as I said in the beginning, we're, we're paving our own path. There's no one we can copy. So we, we, we're dependent on having the freedom, agility, and, and flexibility to try out new things, to fail quickly, and, and to what I call fail, fail elegantly with a bit of a safety net and without you know, repercussions straight away. That's really important to us. And we do that in both the office setting as well as the, the hybrid setting. And that works for some and doesn't work for everyone. And I think that's that's fine. In the hybrid setting, we do we do work very hard right now on making sure that there's enough attention on creating more informal interactions. So finding ways to replicate the chance encounter in the stairwell or the at the coffee machine or in the canteen or wherever on the way to work. You do get to know more of your colleagues and, and get a broader sense of what's going on in the in the in the organization when that happens. And, and trying to find digital formats that replace that, I think, um, has been has been quite quite helpful for us. So that is, that is definitely one of the biggest focuses we've we've had over the the past years is making sure that we keep on shaping the 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 culture um, in a in a hybrid setting. So what is next for Babel? What have you got up your sleeve for the company going forward? Up our sleeves, uh, I'll, I'll keep for myself. But uh, what we're working on right now, I think we can we, we talk about publicly. We're bringing blended learning online and creating what I what I call the ecosystem of of, of learning methods before. So truly making sure that the going back to the example I gave before of what's not working so well in the teacher student model. Right? The teacher doesn't know what you do between classes, and it, they don't control whether you do your homework or not. They also only see you every now and then. You might be on a on a business trip or on vacation or might be sick or whatever, and you don't end up not going. We can plug those gaps and create a one plus one equals three solution between the digital high frequency, lower lower intensity models and the in-classroom and virtual classroom models that have high intensity but lower frequency. And bringing those two together is obviously a, a, a formula that no one has cracked and that will be a big boost in language learning globally. 
So what's your advice, Arna, to young entrepreneurs now who are hoping and aspiring to become CEO of a business or their business one day? What are the key things that you've sort of learned along the way that have helped you into the position you're in now? First of all, I have to say I'm not the founder of Babel, um, so it's not quite my my own path. When I joined Babel, um, it was already a seven-year-old company and uh, plus uh, employees. Um, the the three things I would I would probably highlight is solve real user problems, please. I think a lot of founders and a lot of early stage CEOs are very focused on disrupting industries, their growth figures and their their revenues and their multiples and valuations. I, I would recommend to focus on the, the consumer value, the, the customer value that you generate, the customer problem that you solve to really nail that and then worry about everything else later. You can get by with the commercial focus in the short term, but not in the long term. And it's really hard to pivot later. I, I learn every single day because I, I stay curious, uh, because I listen, because um, my my role adapts and changes to the needs of the of the company, and um, I've seen one thing in in very successful founders that that have you know, been able to grow with their companies is the fact that they're able to adapt and learn themselves to the needs of the company. Right? Um, otherwise, you become the roadblock for for your own company very very fast when you when you're always in the I, I know how things are done type mode um, and you don't learn. And then the third is building diverse teams, empowering them and learning to let go. And I think that's you know, leadership 101 in my, in my world, at least. Any business is a, is a team sport. You can't be the expert at everything as a, as a CEO or as a, as a founder. So building complementary skill sets and personalities and ways of working around you that complement you personally is hyper important to make you a better CEO. Um, I really experienced that when I came to, to Babel as a, as a CMO. And again, when I, I became CEO, both times actually taking over from Marcus Witte, one of our, our founders and the, the previous CEO, and I think one of the, the best in the business at, uh, at letting go and, and empowering others, I find that a superpower. That was Babel CEO Arna Shepka. For more interviews, news and analysis, head to standards.co.uk forward slash business or pick up the evening standard newspaper. How to Be a CEO is back on Monday. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.